This amazing experience is a place where you too can connect, discover, grow, and lead for God here at Common Bond Church. It is time for us to open up God's word. Today, I have a, a message that is titled for you, a heart that is in rhythm with God. And I'm excited to share that message. We're going to hear it and we're going to go into God uh, through that message. But before we do so, we're going to hear one song by Candace Harden.
Amen. Amen. Well, we have made room for God to be our priority this morning. And so let's now not only just worship him in song and pray to the Lord, but let's also now hear from the word of God so that we may be moved and changed in our life. I would love for you to turn with me in your own Bibles to Romans chapter two. And I want to read verses 25 through 29 this morning. And I want to share with you a message about how to have a heart that is in rhythm with God. In verse 25 of Romans chapter two, the word of God declares to us for circumcision indeed is a value if you obey the law, but if you break the law, your circumcision becomes uncircumcision. So if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precepts of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? Then he who is physically uncircumcised, but keeps the law will condemn you who have the written code and circumcision, but break the law for no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly and circumcision is a matter of the heart by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I believe that you have a word for us this morning. I believe that you have something to say in our life. And Lord, I pray that uh, you can endue us with the power and an anointing from you that begins to declare that word. Lord, I pray that you speak to us through the word of God that we have just shared with one another, that we have read in our eyes and that we have heard with our ears. Lord, I pray that it begins to touch our heart, that it moves us in the place that you would desire us to be moved so that we can understand clearly who we are in you, what you desire us to do and how you desire us to live. Lord, let the declaration that you give us be an impactful change in our life that we will forever be changed. And Lord, I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. God knows my heart. <laughs> I'm sure that you have either heard that phrase, said that phrase, and possibly even believe that phrase to be true. Oftentimes when we use the phrase, God knows my heart, we're trying to separate our intentions from our actions. You know, even if we are not doing the right thing, saying the right thing, being the right people, we love to be able to say, well, God knows my heart. Well, today I want to ask us a question is this, not only possibly does that God know our heart, but do we actually really know the heart that God desires us to have? You know, maybe that's the better question. Not that God just knows our heart where it is, but do we know the kind of heart that God desires us to have? And today I want to share with us that we're going to be talking about the right relationship that we are supposed to have with God. You know, I want to open us up by looking at the passage of scripture that we are focusing on because we're going to understand that God desires us to have a certain kind of right relationship based on his righteousness, based on how he declares us to have a relationship. And oftentimes that means that it's not about what we believe and what we see is right in our own eyes, but how does God actually reveal that to us? And so I want to start our conversation by looking at verse 25. As we looked at verse 25 and just read it a few minutes ago, I'm sure that you recognize that there was a word in there that just immediately began to be repeated. And that word was circumcision. And you may ask me, you know, why are we talking about circumcision? You know, none of us are actually focused on that in the context that we live in in our religious life at all. Well, I want to share with us 
that this idea had a lot to do with who was in relationship with God. And we can still glean a lot from circumcision and the themes that Paul was using because we want to understand, are we too in the right relationship with God? When the Apostle Paul was writing, he used the word circumcision which is cutting the foreskin of a young boy because it actually was a representation for his people that they were truly a people who actually belonged to God. Again, today, we might not use that in our own path, in our own personal life, but we do understand that there are some things that we actually do in our own life that makes us believe and feel that we are God's people. You know, you may ask that question, you know, in your life and in my life, you know, what does it mean for me to be God's people? You know, I've heard many questions and I've heard many answers that relate to that theme. And I've even heard some people say that it's about the color of your skin. It's about where you're from. It's about what you do every single day that actually makes you God's people. You know, those are fascinating ideas, fascinating thoughts, but are they based in the root of God? You know, are they based on what he actually declares and actually says to us about what it actually means to be chosen by him? You know, what we see in, 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 in reality about being God's people is that God himself wants his people to actually look like him. He wants his people to actually have his kind of identity. You know, when I was um, when I was born you know, I was born to a family uh, with a last name that I didn't choose, you know, a last name that I didn't decide upon. It was just given to me because I was born into that family. And as I was born into that family, I started to have certain kind of traits, certain kind of identities that came from the DNA of that lineage. So I began to act like them. My mom loves to say that I act just like my father sometimes. You know, I have some of the same kind of mannerism, same kind of uh, thoughts and patterns that he has sometimes in his life. And I'm hoping that she says it in a good way, not a bad way. You know, but what I'm actually referring to all of us is that we have some traits that come from the DNA. When we think about what it actually means to be God's people, you know, God actually desires us to have some kind of inherited DNA that actually comes from him. You know, the Bible uh, theologically calls that an imputed righteousness, which means that God wants to pass over you know, some of his traits, some of his ideals of who he is, you know, in our own life. And when I actually think about who God is, you know, first I think about the fact that he's all good. You know, he's the only thing that has goodness in this world. The world is full of darkness, but God is truly the thing that is good. When I also think of God, I also think of his creativity. You know, I think of uh, the one who actually created the world, the one who actually took uh, a world that was void, that had nothing in it. And everything that we see today, everything that we've learned about in history, everything that will be in the future will be created by God. The same way about his truth. You know, he is the one who has all truth, who is all knowing. He has real knowledge, factual knowledge, not fictitious knowledge, not fantasy knowledge, but he has real knowledge about history, about the present world, and about the future world. He has reality and uh, of truth that is based on this present reality that we live in, but also in the eternal realm. That's who God is. That's his spirit. DNA. You know, then you also think about the things that we know even more tangibly about God. We know about his mercy. Uh, we know about his grace. We know about his love. We know about his kindness, the things that we actually experience on a day-to-day -day basis. That is his spiritual DNA. And so God has designed us to actually learn how to receive who that is from him. But when we understand, you know, what this passage is trying to share with us, 
I want us to understand that it is so needful for us actually to understand that we need God's righteousness actually live every single day. We need to understand that we're supposed to be uh, God's chosen people with the right perspective, you know, with the reality that he desires us to understand. I want to just share really quickly before we start to dig deep why that is so important. But it, because it's only through the perspective of our understanding a right relationship will we ever truly be God's people. It's only by understanding the right relationship that we have with God will we truly understand that God has actually saved us by his grace through Christ Jesus. Through a right relationship with God, we will always only understand what God actually has for us from an eternal perspective. Through a right relationship with God, we can only come to him in prayer and actually be confident that God actually hears us in prayer. You know, through a right relationship with God, it can only enable us to be able to understand that God can give us the wisdom and the understanding to how to live our life to the best that he desires us to live. You know, there's so many benefits that God actually desires us to have, but it only happens when we have a right relationship. Well, how does this relate to the scriptures? God knows our heart, but sometimes I want to ask us the question, do we understand the heart that God desires us to have? Because oftentimes, maybe we are like the Jews that are actually here in this passage. And when we understand the Jews in this passage, what Paul is really trying to do is trying to let the people who are reading this word know that circumcision has no value over the relationship that God truly intended you to have. You know, what does that mean for us? Well, here's what it actually means. You know, I believe that oftentimes we are just like the Jews who actually focus on things that actually appear to be important, but really are not. You know, circumcision seemed to be important because it was supposed to validate the fact that they were God's chosen people. You know, in our own lives, you know, I think that sometimes, you know, what would correlate in this current time is sometimes that we act as if that we are an outward Christian, but our life really isn't change because of Christ Jesus. And what I mean by that is sometimes I think that we can be what's described as nominal Christians. We can be uh, people who are CEO Christians. I love that phrase that I heard a couple of years ago. And what it means is that sometimes we're Christians only on Christmas, Easter only, you know, CEO Christians. You know, sometimes we are Christians based on our political affiliations, you know, meaning that we believe that what it means to be a Christian is that I'll stand for abortion, you know, I will stand for the things politically that represent the Republican Party. You know, that's what it means by name only, but it has nothing to do with your relationship with God. You know, sometimes we may think that what it means to be a Christian is that I serve the poor and actually do things that are needy. All these things may be good, but it doesn't define your relationship with God. God wants us to go deeper. God wants us to understand something more significant. And that's why I want to take you to the scriptures, because I want you to, to look at verse 20. 26, you know, in your own Bibles. And I want you to see, you know, what the word of God actually says in uh, verse 26. It says, so if a man who is uncircumcised keeps the precept of the law, will not his uncircumcision be regarded as circumcision? 
And what Paul is actually trying to say here, you know, if I, if I want to get deep with you and just help you to understand the scriptures in verse 26, he is really saying, even if you never did anything that appeared on the outward, but you still followed everything that God actually said for your life, that actually was, is what proves that you truly are God's people. If you're able to really understand God's righteousness. And so I want to ask us this, this deep question. I want to ask you this, how well does your life in God really translate in this world? You know, how well do you actually uh, live out all the things of who God is? And I described some beautiful things of who God is. I described him as good. You know, I described him as, as the creator of the world. I described him as the one who has all truth, all knowledge. You know, I described him as the one who is merciful, who is gracious. I described him as the one who has all love and all capacity of love. I described him as the one who has all faith. You know, those are things that are, 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 are the righteousness and the character of God. That's what makes him help who he is. But the question for you and I is, you know, are we like the, the Jews who are in name only? You know, we choose to be circumcised and we choose to look at our outward appearances to make us Christian. You know, meaning that we choose to believe that we're Christian because of the fact that we showed up on Sunday, uh, that we actually read our Bible, that we do some outward things. But when it really comes you know, to the matter of how God actually wants us to be like him, to be part of his family, to have his DNA, that we're not like him. You know, I want to give us a quick example. You know, I have this, um, my wife and I, we have a goddaughter. She's a beautiful goddaughter. And I love every time that we get an opportunity to be in her presence because I, I get to see her joy. I get to see her energy. I get to see the things that she's thinking about at her young age. And I remember when she was four years old and we got an opportunity to, to visit with them and, and the parents and just learning about what they're going through as a family. And she told me and she told my wife uh, that we're, we're a pickle family. You know, we're people that actually like to eat pickles. <laughs> and what she was sharing with us is that she has inherited whatever her father loves, whatever her mother loves. And that's what I'm actually trying to describe with us when we begin to think about where God really desires us to be. You know, oftentimes we have not inherited how God thinks, how God um, pursues life, but God actually wants us to get to a place where however he thinks, that's how we think. However, he actually desires us to live. That's how we want to live. However, God acts. That's the way that we want to act. Whatever God is doing in this room right now, God actually wants us to want to do the same thing. He wants us to be in rhythm exactly where God actually is in our life. And so the question is in our life again, you know, are we living in that kind of way? You know, are we living in a way where, where we are not pursuing God in the way that he desires us to pursue? Another thing that, that we actually see that actually prevents us from actually living that kind of life is sometimes that we think that when God actually wants us to be in relationship with him, that it's only about what we do right and what we actually do wrong. You know, when I read verse 26 to you, I read an important feature that actually said that, that we are in right relationship with God if we truly obey the law. And sometimes that becomes our hang up because we're trying to figure out how can I actually get into God's graces and do everything perfectly as he desires us to do. Well, I want to share with you that when Paul was actually saying this in verse 26, he is saying rightly that if you are able to accomplish everything that God desires you to accomplish, then you are truly his people. But I want to caution you as well, is that when you think about what it actually means to truly do everything that God desires us to do, 
It's beyond the Ten Commandments. It's beyond the 613 laws of the Old Testament, because to do everything that God wants us to do means that we are actually able to understand his thought patterns, understand what he wants us to do in every moment of our, our life, because God truly desires us to be in connection with him. He truly desires us to actually know him intimately in a way that he can only reveal to us. He truly has something to say about every single issue that is actually going in your life today and every single issue that going on in my life today. You know, that's a mouthful to think that every time that I get up in the morning, that God has something that he wants to say to me. Every time that I get up in the morning, God probably already has a plan for me that I may not know about unless I actually know how to come to him. And so I'm not going to find that in just the 10 commandments by just observing some things. I'm not going to find that in the 613 laws of the old Testament. Those things may guide me to understand who God is, but ultimately God wants to draw me closer than I could ever imagine. You know, when I think about drawing closer than I could ever imagine, I think about the beauty of marriage. And I think about my beautiful wife because she loves to know every single thought that I have. She loves to know everywhere that I'm going, how that I'm feeling, all the things that I'm going with. And that's just a precious gift that I have to know what God is also thinking about in that same regard. He wants to be that intimate with me just as my wife wants to be that intimate with me. But I'll be honest with you, sometimes I struggle with that. You know, sometimes I like my distance. I like my, my place of comfort by myself to do things as I want to do. And maybe that's the same way that you are with God. Maybe you don't want to go that extra mile with him. Maybe you don't want to actually be that intimate with him, but there's nothing but joy that actually comes together when we recognize that we are better together than we are apart. We are better with God understanding what he wants in our life than we could ever imagine. And so it may be out of your comfort zone. It may not be in a place that we want, but it is the perfect place that actually God desires us to be. You know, the, the, the other difficulty that I want to share with us of, of why we actually need to recognize that we might be like these people who are Jews. You know, we might be like the people who actually focus on the, our circumcision. <laughs> you know, things are on the outward appearance because sometimes we may validate our external presence with God more than we validate the internal presence with God. And I want to get down to verses 28 and 29 to actually show you that. Because in verses 28 and 29, uh, God is actually saying through the Apostle Paul, he says, no one is a Jew who is merely one outwardly, nor is circumcision outward and physical, but a Jew is one inwardly. And circumcision is a matter of heart by the spirit, not by the letter. His praise is not from man, but from God. What is Paul saying? You know, Paul is actually saying to us, when he uses the phrase Jew, I want you to think about it as God's people. And so you can, you can, you know, rightly understand if we're bringing that into context into our own personal life, he says that no one is of God's people merely on an outward appearance, but a true person of God is more than just outward, but that person is inward. And he's saying to you and he's saying to me to really be a Christian, to really be God's people is more than just saying that you're God's people, more than actually just doing some kind of act that makes you think that you relate to God's people, but it actually has something to do with what you are on the inside. You know, what you actually are, are doing with a daily connection that God desires us to have. God, again, desires us to be daily connected with him, to have a heart that is consistently transferred and renewed and moved in him. You know, when I think about, you know, that reality, you know, I think about in my own life, how whenever I go home, 
you know, some people would like to represent their neighborhood. You know, they represent their neighborhood and recognize that even though they have have lived uh, 30 years uh, in life or, or 40 years in life, they can recognize that oftentimes they still are having allegiance to in a neighborhood because something in them is, has built up. You know, when I went away to college, you know, I remember uh, recognizing now I was part of a, a new group. I was part of a community and I became an individual that was an alumni. You know, even in high school, the same kind of thing. You have this allegiance that you're always tied to. And in the same kind of way, it, you know, that's based on something that's inside of us. It's not just the fact that you actually step foot in those kind of neighborhoods or schools or, or things like that is because something changed on the inside of you that gave you that allegiance. And what I'm referring to you today is the fact that, you know, God actually wants us to understand just how much he wants us to be part of his family, just how much he wants us to give a sense that we are adopted in him truly in the way that, that God wants us to be adopted in him. And uh, so again, when you actually think about that God knows our heart, but do we truly know the heart that he actually desires us to have? You know, I, I want us to get to that place where we recognize and know and we understand that the place that God desires us to be is to, to understand that we've got to be changed on the inside. And I want you to understand that there is it's impossible to be changed on the inside and to be God's people without Christ Jesus. You know, it's just impossible to do. You know, there, there's not anything that we can actually make ourselves be better so that God actually truly accepts us. You know, we can't actually work for it. Uh, we can't be more uh, better scholars for it. We can't actually do everything right uh, so that we actually represent God's people. But God himself has to actually change us on the inside. And you may ask the question, well, why is that? Why is that? You can look at your life. You can look at anybody's life. You can look at my life and recognize on a daily basis, if it was left to my own faculties, left to your own faculties, we would never be who God desired us to be. You know, we would never be uh, the good people according to God's standard that he wants us to be. We might be some form of good, but we wouldn't be to the standard that God wants us to be. We wouldn't be as merciful and kind and generous and as loving as God desired us to be. And if you even want to get to the heart of the matter, things that, that we don't think about on a practical basis, you know, as the creator of the world, you know, we have the, the capacity to understand that God even wants to push us into that kind of reality, to have even the, the kind of truth that he has about history, present and future realities. There's so much to who God is that it is impossible to actually be his people with that kind of identity unless he does something special, unless he actually connects us in a way that only he can connect us. And so that's why when the Bible begins to share with us, such as John chapter three, that we must be born again, it's not just a, a metaphorical reality that we're born again, but there needs to be something tangibly, something real that happens on the inside of us that allows us to truly have what God has, to have his kind of goodness, to have his kind of mercy, to have his kind kind of love, to have his kind of creativity, to kind of have his kind of truth, to have his kind of faith. And that happens when we recognize that we have faith in Christ Jesus, that he died for our sin, that he raised again from the dead. And when we have our faith in that reality of who he is, God says, 
Now take another step. Now recognize that you must be born again. Now recognize that the Holy Spirit must live in you and dwell in you because I want to impute part of who I am into you. I want to give you a piece of me so that you can be connected in me in a way that allows you to truly be my family, truly be the identity that you've called me to be. And that's where God wants us to be in that kind of place. He doesn't just want us to be Christians in name only waiting for an eternal perspective, but he wants us to be connected with him on a daily real perspective that we can actually sink some teeth in. And so I want us to think about, you know, that reality in your life and in my life today, when we recognize that how much is the Holy Spirit in us? How much is the Holy Spirit connected to us in a way where we recognize that God actually speaks through us through the inward man, because we have heard that he is inside of us and that he is giving us the secrets of the world. He is telling us how to be loving. He is telling us how to be merciful. He is telling us how to be kind. The scriptures itself, when we read them, they just awaken the Holy Spirit that is within us. And so if you haven't had that experience yet today in your life, I want you just to ask God, will you fill me with the Holy Spirit? Will you give me that Holy Spirit that the pastor is actually talking about today? You know, usually that happens when we actually get baptized in Christ Jesus. You know, it happens when we are able to recognize that we are new in him and we're confessing our faith. And then God does something miraculous where he begins to impart also the baptism of the Holy Spirit upon us. But God also is always outside the box and he can give us that Holy Spirit in any way that he desires. So our first just want you to ask him, Lord, will you give me that Holy Spirit? Will you begin to connect me in that next way? And then the next thing that I want us to do is just thinking about, you know, we sometimes live in a realm live in a reality where we have the Holy Spirit within us, but it's as if that the Holy Spirit is not present in our life. You know, where we listen to everything else that is outside the truth of God, the creativity of God, the integrity of God, the love of God, the mercy of God. We listen to everything outside of that, but we really don't listen to the heart of who God truly wants us to be. And so that that is the, the second step for many of us in this conversation is, is it time? you know, for you to get connected to the Holy Spirit in a greater way? Is it time for you to be directly connected to God so that he can actually walk with you and talk with you and tell you that he is owned so that he can actually get you to the place of who he desires you to be? You know, I know in my life, you know, that's the place that I want to strive to every single day. You know, a place that I actually want you to think about how far are you from the gap? You know, are you just sometimes a a, a Christian in, in name only where you actually will show up on Sunday? You'll do some things that have have the appearance of, of, of God's people and the appearance of Christianity, but truly, you know, you're not directly connected with God. You know, in John chapter four, <laughs> there was this woman at the well and this woman at the well uh, wanted to know, Lord, where is this place that we actually truly should actually worship you? You know, the Jews have said for all of the history that we should actually come to Uh, Jerusalem to actually worship you. Well, we believe that we actually, as Samaritans, believe that we can worship you on Mount Sinai. And Jesus Christ answered this question to them because what she was actually saying is, you know, what's the time? What's the place? What's the location that will actually make me right in your eyes? And Jesus Christ said to her in John chapter four, verse 24, that God is spirit 
And those who worship him must worship him in spirit and truth, meaning that there's no time, there's no place, there's no location. There's nothing that we need to focus on externally first that actually makes us in right relationship with God. We've always got to look on the inward. We've got to look on something that is not tangibly present in this world. And that's why we've got to be connected heart to heart in the spirit of God. You know, one of the things that I have uh, recognized over the last year is that God is doing a move in the church. You know, God is doing something that we might not recognize that he is doing. It's not a coincidence that God has actually allowed us to take one of our most sacred and holy aspects as a community, the Sunday service, and kind of shut down the walls a little bit. You know, it's not completely gone, but it is different. You know, some of us are doing more virtual reality that you see me doing here today. And even when those churches have gotten back together in the local church is still not the same. What is God really saying to us in that regards? Well, I believe that God is saying that it's time for my people to get connected to me again. It's time for my people to recognize that it's not just about the outward appearances of what actually makes us a church, the outward appearances of what actually makes us Christian. But what God wants us to do is really understand we've got to be regenerated on the inside. We've got to truly learn how to be the people that God wants us to be. We've really got to be connected with him in a heart-to-heart -heart manner. And again, you can't do that on your own. You can't actually figure out how to do that. You can't be a better Christian. All you can do is actually submit to God in a way that says, Lord, I need you more than ever. I need you actually to do what we are actually seeing in your word by regenerating me, by changing me from the inside. I need to be adopted <laughs> by you. I need to have that spiritual DNA that only comes from you. So, you know, one of the great fears, you know, that I have in my life is that I, I, I think about who we are as a church and I think about who we are as a people. And my great fear is that God will come back and look at us and he'll look at how he looked at this early church. He'll look at the Pharisees and he'll look at the Sadducees, people on the outside who actually looked like they had it all together. They knew all the laws of God. They knew how to show up on Sundays. They knew how to worship God. But inwardly, the Bible says through the words of Christ Jesus that their hearts were far from him. Their hearts were far from him because they did not desire to go to that place of God where they would submit all things to him. When he said left, they were ready to go left. When he said right, they're willing to go right. When they said that this is what's important in my life, they were ready to say, yes, Lord, this is important in my life too because it's important to you. And that's what it actually means to have a heart that is in rhythm with God. To be at a place where God says that I'm focused on this today. Will you be focused on this today? You know, I am wanting you just to slow down. Will you slow down? I am wanting you just to spend time in my presence and just get to know me better. Will you get to know Christ Jesus better? Will you get to know the Holy Spirit better? Will you get to know the Father better? God is actually saying to all of us, I actually just want to be connected with you directly, not just in a time and a space and on a day, but also every single day through your life. You know, so that's our question today. You know, God knows your heart, but I want to really ask you, do you know the kind of heart that God desires you to have? He desires you to have a heart that is connected with him daily, a heart that is connected with him 24-7, a heart that is enabling yourself to actually hear from him. And I want to truly uh, declare to you that this is a good thing. You know, this is a beautiful thing that God has actually shared with us to actually be with all of creation 
maker, the one who has, he has all truth, all power, all knowledge. And he is inviting us into an experience and says, I want you. I want to be connected with you in a greater way than you can ever imagine. Let God be God in your life. Let God be connected to you in a way where you can actually truly understand the heart that he has because your heart has been conformed in a certain and special way. If you've never prayed that Christ Jesus uh, has died for your sin and you recognize that he is Lord and Savior of your life, I want you to pray this prayer with me. Dear Lord, thank you so much uh, for what we have heard today. Uh, Lord, I also want to confess before you my sin my unrighteousness, the way that I've tried to do it on my own by myself, the way that I thought that the outward appearances of Christianity were the ways that I'd be connected with you. Today, I recognize that I can only be connected in right relationship with you by recognizing that Christ Jesus is my savior. He is my Lord. He came, he died, was buried and was raised again so that I may have eternal life and be connected to you in a new way in God. If you prayed that prayer with me, I would love for you to let me know. I would love for you to go out to our website and fill out a contact card and let us know that you've actually prayed that prayer of faith. Uh, You can also even let us know in the chats that we have available on YouTube and Facebook uh, so that you can actually uh, hear the next steps that I want to share with you about where to take your faith. Um, And I also want to remind us here today as we begin to close is that there's an opportunity for us to be obedient to whatever God wants you to do. And so I want to continue to invite you to uh, give to Common Bond Church. And uh, there's a couple ways that you can actually give financially. It's part of our stewardship, part of the walk that God actually has for us. You can go to our website at commonbondchurch.org and actually fill out uh, what we call our stewardship a card and actually give your offering there uh, through credit card, through through check, any kind of means that you have available. We've electronically have some great options for you. We want to just present that opportunity for you because it is an opportunity for me to actually be a steward of God's resources and being obedient what he's called us to do, to be the storehouse of what God is doing in this realm, in this world by sharing the gospel. And we want you to be a part of it. And as you're being a part of that process that we're doing, God says that he's going to pour out the windows of heaven upon you. And so I want to give you that opportunity to participate in the blessedness of what God is doing by sharing the gospel. Well, my friends, my family, uh, those that I love at Common Bond Church, it's been my pleasure to share this message with you, to pray with you, and also to worship in song with you. I pray that you have a great day, and I pray that your week is awesome. Let me lead us with one word of benediction. May the grace of God be with us. May the mercy of God be with us. We have one true Savior. His name is Jesus Christ. Let us all go in peace until we all see each other again. Amen. Have a great week. Have a great day.